from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a shortened version of the Friday Crew here at WRSU. I'm Jake Maestel here with Arnov, who is a new guy here. Welcome, Arnov. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. Can you just talk up a little louder into the mic? Oh yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm shadowing right now, but um, I'm I'm gonna be on the um on the show today so looking forward yeah to unfortunately it. there's only two of us right now i believe alex carminati said he will be arriving at some point soon hopefully uh but for now we just had a baseball game between the rutgers knights and the indiana hoosiers right here in piscataway new jersey Baytonfield, and just checking on the final score here Rutgers won the game 5 to 3 over Indiana though they were out hit 8 to 7 by Indiana Rutgers with two errors Indiana with one not an amazing day pitching for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights but a pretty good day for them offensively managing to bounce back from an early deficit and come back tie the game and you know just get the win I mean they've been probably the hottest team in the country in baseball over the past week or two and while their their winning streak was in jeopardy today they managed to get it done a nice tough gritty win uh Arnav I know you were in here for at least part of it um what are your thoughts on Rutgers baseball right now I don't know how much you've been following them but like just from what you know about them, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, they're um, one of the hottest teams in the country. Uh, I believe the win streak is like 13 now. That that Something like that. That sounds about right. They've won a lot. Yeah, and a lot at, at home as well. I think like 10. I'm not, I'm I, believe, I believe they're currently unbeaten at home at the, at the moment this season. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Honestly, like, I mean, I'm more of like a football, basketball guy, but baseball is exciting. And I mean, uh, Rutgers has had a good year in a lot of sports and baseball as well. I mean, they've, uh, they're off to a really strong start this season. They are off to a really strong start, and I like what you said. Baseball is exciting, especially if your team is winning. And right now, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights are doing nothing but winning 28-6 now on the season. That's kind of a mind-blowing start to your year. I mean, they're not—I don't think they're the best team in college baseball, but they're up there. They're really good, and this— we, we, we were talking about this. I was on the Wednesday crew earlier this week uh, subbing in for the usual guys, and we were kind of talking about this, how, you know, Rutgers has a chance to make some noise, potentially go to the NCAA tournament for baseball. I don't know if we're talking college World Series, but, you know, I mean, they, they got a chance to really make some noise and uh, hopefully compete with the big boys in college baseball over in the SEC. It's hard to tell sometimes with whether or not you know teams from other conferences can really compete with those big schools. But you know, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But Rutgers, going back to this game for a second, you know, Rutgers obviously they were down. They, they were down early, one nothing at the end of three innings. Tied the game back up in the fifth inning. Then the, both teams traded blows in the seventh inning. Indiana went back up ahead by one. And then Rutgers scored three runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. Had a wacky top of the ninth ending to close out the game. A little, a little disputed play there. The Indiana bench didn't didn't feel that the uh, umpires made the right call at first base. We didn't get to see it here in the studio, but from the description, it sounded like there was a dispute about whether or not 
the uh, the first baseman's foot was on the bag. But regardless, a tough win for Rutgers. Now let's let's shift it over to Major League Baseball because obviously there's been a lot of Major League Baseball, you know, a lot of hype for MLB since the season has finally started. Um, and Arnav, so. I don't know how much you watch Major League Baseball, but do you have, like, a favorite team? Um, yeah, I like the Yankees, so, I mean, you know. Yeah, the Yankees, I am also a Yankees fan, and the Yankees actually played last night. They had, um, they, they, they played against the Toronto Blue Jays last night. A little bit of a weird game for them. 2 nothing victory, which isn't... The strange part. The strange part is that both runs were driven in by Jose Trevino, the backup catcher for the Yankees. Oh wow! Which is not usually what you're gonna see from the Bronx Bombers. Hey, any way you get it done, right? Yeah. And then obviously Blue Jays couldn't get anything done at the plate with Luis Severino on the mound for the Yankees through five shutout innings, and then the bullpen took care of the rest. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. coming off a three-home run game, struck out four times last night. I mean, a tale of two games. How about that? <laughs> you know, you go from having one of the best games of your career to having one of the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and obviously players have bad games, you know, Every, it happens to everybody, even the great ones like Vlad Jr. This isn't any indictment of him as a player. It's just more. It's just more the funny duality of both games, you know, back to back. But uh, yeah, an interesting game between the Yankees and the Blue Jays last night. We are here, you know, talking MLB, talking Rutgers baseball and MLB news as you are listening to 88.7 WRSU FM New Brunswick. Let's go over to the other New York team. You know, take the subway over to Queens. You've got the Mets who played earlier today and absolutely beat up on the Diamondbacks 10 to 3. Chris Bassett was the pitcher who ended up getting the win for the Mets. Zach Davies with the loss. Francisco Lindor and Starling Marte both homered. And uh, Lindor, I believe, homered twice. What a game for the Mets. I mean, they've had a lightning start to the season. I know we've kind of been through this with the Mets before, but, I mean, I don't know. If you're a Mets fan, you got to feel pretty good about the way this started. You're 6-2. and two. You're beating the bad teams by a lot. You're holding on in the close games. Even with that Jacob DeGrom, right now the Mets are doing well. Imagine what could happen in a month when they get DeGrom back. Yeah. I mean, the 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 New York Mets are are kind of a are kind of an interesting team for me to watch as someone who is not a Mets fan. I mean, I like I like the Mets, but I'm not I wouldn't call myself a Mets fan like I know, you know, David Palumbo is. He's a, he's one of our regulars on Friday Crew, but couldn't be here today. Obviously, he was calling the Rutgers game. Um, shout out to him and Dylan Allen, both Friday Crew regulars who could not be here today. Um, but, yeah, the, the Mets are an interesting team for me to look at because I always want them to do well, but... I find it fascinating just the different ways most of their seasons have m- managed to go wrong. But I'm really rooting for them to get it get it done this year and finally get over to hump, get back to the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think if they make the playoffs, they could potentially contend for a World Series title. I think this is a really good Mets team. They look especially good right now. And, you know, I mean... I, I would be feeling pretty good right now. I'm not, I'm I'm feeling better about the Mets right now than I am about the Yankees in terms of their playoff chances and their chances at making a World Series run. I'll I'll just say that right now. I don't know I don't know what our friend David Palumbo would have to say about that. But uh Arnav, you, you said you're a Yankees fan. Did you wa- have you watched any of the games this season? Um, I watched like 
like the opening day w- um, one, we were like we're here in the studio and it was. Like, oh yeah, was that's right. That's right. You were here when on opening day for the Yankees when we were kind of live reacting mm-hmm. to that in studio. That yeah. was a little bit fun with Josh Donaldson's walk off uh-huh. hit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's see. Let's see what else is going on around the majors. Speaking of the Red Sox, not doing so hot right now. Bottom of the eighth inning over there in Fenway. They're currently down six to one to the Minnesota Twins. Not, not the team you really want to be down to right now. Then of course we have the Nationals and the Pirates. Playing later today, 635. Phillies will be playing the Marlins at 640. The Oakland A's and the Toronto Blue Jays will be playing in Toronto at about 7. Then we've got Giants, Guardians, Rays, White Sox, Angels, Rangers, Tigers, Royals, Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, Rockies, Braves, Padres, Astros, Mariners, Mariners, and Reds, Dodgers all happening later today and there's a lot of games going on today but it's a special day in baseball it is jackie robinson day it is april 15th and that means everybody today will be donning jackie robinson's legendary 42 which has of course been retired around major league baseball and i believe they're doing something a little bit different this year with uh the Jackie Robinson Day, instead of having it be just the number 42, it looks like they're wearing his 42, the Dodger Blue mm-hmm. 42, yeah. which I think is really interesting. I think it's cool. Um, of course, you know, with the uh, Dodgers playing today, I kind of hope the Dodgers have some uh, Brooklyn throwbacks. Oh, that'd be a good idea. Th- so that they could wear. I know, obviously, they're not in Brooklyn anymore, but... I think it would be really cool if for Jackie Robinson Day everybody wore Brooklyn old Brooklyn Dodgers uniforms for that team. I, obviously, it wouldn't make sense for a team like the Yankees or the Phillies or the Cleveland Guardians to wear the Brooklyn Dodgers uniform. You know, I I think the blue forty two is enough. But you know, I think for the L A Dodgers, you know, I I mean that's their history. That's their team history. It's their old uniform. I I think it would make a lot of sense for them to bring those throwbacks, you know, back, even though they don't play in that city anymore. I mean, we've seen it happen before where teams don old uniforms, even though they're not playing in the city where they used to wear those. Like, I think the uh, Tennessee Titans used to wear Houston Oilers throwbacks, even though they don't play in Houston anymore. And they're not called the Oilers anymore either. (laughs) But they still wore them. Um it, I I think the NFL is letting teams, you know, have more uniform options, right? With the uh, are, didn't they put in a rule that teams can now have two sets of helmets? Yeah, I think they did. I think that's cool. Um, and then of course, the the first thing that immediately comes to mind for me there is that all the Eagles fans want the Philadelphia Eagles to bring back the Kelly Green jerseys. Oh, Kelly Green, which. Uh, I mean, sure, okay. I'm not. I'm personally not a fan of them, but I know a lot of Eagles fans are really are really fond of those old jerseys, those old uniforms. Um, but kind of back, kind of going back to baseball a little bit. Um, as for last night, last night was an interesting night in baseball. The Padres absolutely steamrolled the defending World Series champs, Atlanta Braves, 12-1. to Wow. Was the final score between the Padres and the Braves. And the Braves, trying to defend their World Series title, not off to a great start. Mm. I mean, obviously, they don't have Freddie Freeman anymore. Ronald Acuna Jr. is coming off that ACL tear still. I don't... I'm not super aware of whether or not he's actually playing in games right now, but I know that he's still, um, still not a hundred, probably not a hundred percent back from it yet. Um, obviously, you know these in, these things take time, but it is a little troubling to see them 
I mean, this is a team, I don't think anybody was expecting them to make it back to the World Series this year, but I think most people were looking at this team being like, they'll probably contend for a division title. And obviously, it's only the first two weeks of the season, but right now at 3-5, and five, that's not a team that's going to contend for anything right now, let alone try to defend their World Series title. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. I mean, that's just that's just not what you want to see. Um other in other notable scores from around the league last night. Dodgers beat the Reds nine to three last night. Um, Texas Rangers beat the Angels ten to five last night. Um, despite Shohei Otani on the mound, he got the loss. Um, not a great look for Shohei Otani pitching last night, but. Hopefully, he'll be able to bounce back and be that dominant Shohei Otani we all know he is. Uh, we had Brewers-Cardinals last night. Brewers won 5-1. to one. And the A's started their series against the Rays, beating them 6-3. to three. There were some other games, but it would probably take a, a, a good little while to go through every single one of them. So, I think that'll take us to our first break of the shortened crew when we come back we will have locks of the week where we give you our betting advice that in my humble opinion you probably shouldn't take (laughs) um but regardless we're going to give it to you anyway and that's going to happen on the other side of the break stay tuned for more on 88.7 wrsu fm new brunswick or online at wrsu.org sorry it Welcome back to the Friday crew, and we have locks of the week now. Shortened Friday crew today because Rutgers baseball just took on Indiana, winning 5-3 to three at home. And now it is time for locks of the week where we give you our betting advice for uh, this weekend. Yeah, so I will start, and just, just a word of advice. You could take this betting advice or not. I recommend not. But anyway, I'm going to start. We have two NBA play-in games remaining tonight. That, And I'm sure we'll cover both of them at some point in today's crew. But I'm going to go with the later one, the 10 p.m. start on TNT. New Orleans Pelicans at the L.A. Clippers. And this is an interesting one. Because, obviously, you would think the Clippers would be the favorite in this game. But they're not. Because Paul George, playoff P, health and safety protocols, he is unable to play tonight because I I don't know if he was, I don't know exactly if he received a positive COVID test or was or was in contact with somebody else um, but I do know that he that he is in health and safety protocols and will not be available for tonight's game which means the New Orleans Pelicans are actually favored in this game by one point the spread is 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 minus one in favor of New Orleans Money line on them is minus 120. The over under 215 and a half. And I mean, this is not a very like that. You know what? I don't know if it's necessarily a hot take to pick the Clippers, but I'm going to pick them anyway, even without Paul George. They're at home. You know, they're only one point underdogs, which is hardly being an underdog at all. You know, I think plus 100 on the money line, plus one on the spread. I think they're going to easily, I think they're going to easily beat that spread. They are going to win by 10 tonight. They're going to beat the Pelicans by 10 without Paul George. Without Paul George. Without Paul George. And they're going to get themselves in to the playoffs. Where they will play, oh, geez, I'm sorry. I forget exactly. I don't have all the standings memorized in my head. 
if yeah, if they win tonight, then they play um um Phoenix Suns in the first. Oh, round. that's right. They would play the Suns. How could I? How could I forget that? Suns best team in the NBA. I've been hyping them up all year. How could I forget that? Um, <laughs> but yeah, that is my lock of the week. Clippers by ten over the New Orleans Pelicans without Paul George. Wow. Um, I mean, I was actually thinking that the Pelicans might have a chance now, but I mean, it's unfortunate timing for Paul George, but I mean, the Clippers have been good without him, and um, they've been afloat. They've gotten themselves into the um, um, play-in tournament, and I definitely do think that they do have a chance to still beat the Pelicans and move on, but well, I guess we'll have to see what happens tonight. Um. So yeah, Arnav, do you have a lock of the week for us? Um, yeah, I'm sticking in the NBA. I'm gonna go to a game one on Sunday. Um, it's the Bucks and the Bulls, and I think out of all the playoff games, I think um, uh, my lock of the week would be um, taking the Bucks in game one against the Bulls. Um, I mean the Bucks are coming off a title defense, and you know, they have Giannis, and um, the Bulls are also like a good team, but they're not. They're not quite like a- as good, and I feel like the Bucks could win the series pretty easily. I I, th- I give the Bulls like a game, maybe two. Like so, but, so um, you're thinking yeah. five or six game series, Bucks win this thing? Yeah. Move right. on to the second Milwaukee, round. a ten point favorite in Sunday's game one against the Bulls. I like that pick, picking Milwaukee over Chicago. Obviously, you know it. Chicago's been a good team, but they've not been an amazing team. They've kind of had their ups and downs. Um, I'm not. I haven't been following them super closely. I'm sure WRSU's Dennis Geisler could tell you a little bit more about how the Chicago Bulls have done this year, as he is a Bulls fan, of course. But I, I like the uh, Bucks pick. They're obviously the defending champions. And they're the two seeds, so they're going to be playing with house money for the majority of the games. I mean, or no, they're not the two seeds. They're Sorry, the they're the three seed, seed. Yeah. I They were like the two seed somewhat, sometime earlier in the yeah, season. Yeah, they flipped both, with the Celtics both, recently. Both the uh, two and three seeds are, are green teams, which yeah, is kind of how they got mixed up in my head. Oh, I see. Uh, mm-hmm. also, also, I just kind of try to put it out of my brain for i guess that boston is actually good this year <laughs> oh the celtics yeah. yeah i'm excited for that celtics net series I'm game oh one's on celtics nets yay two teams mm-hmm. that i really don't like oh i mean i'll root for the nets obviously because you new know york. one go new york and two uh we always root against boston but right but like oof not not an exciting series for me personally as a Knicks fan, but you know what? You know what? That's fine. Um, but yeah, Bucks three seed. They they've got the home court advantage for this series against the Bulls, playing against I believe their division rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, team they're familiar with. I think even the uh, revived heroics of Demar Derozan aren't gonna save the Bulls in this series. I like your lock of the week. That they are going to, um, that the Bucks are going to win this series, win this first game, and win this series in five or six games. That'll do it for our locks of the week. We're going to go to a quick break, and then when we come back, we will have another segment for you. I think we'll just keep talking about the NBA playoffs because we're already on the subject, but we'll do that after the break. Stay tuned for more of that here on 88.7 WRSU-FM New Brunswick or online at WRSU.org. Welcome back to the crew on WRSU-FM New Brunswick. We are back with another talk segment. I'm Jake Maystell along with our new guy Arnov shadowing today. And we are still waiting for Alex Carminati to hopefully show up. But... While we are do while we're waiting for him, let's continue talking about the NBA play-in and the NBA playoffs. Obviously, there is one playing game that we didn't discuss yet today. It's the first one uh, happening at 7:30 p.m. tonight on ESPN. Atlanta Hawks at the Cleveland Cavaliers. You got you got Trey Young um, leading the Hawks in their first playoff game play-in game to a victory. You know, now trying to make it happen again against the upstart Cleveland Cavaliers who had a good year, but not quite good enough to make the playoffs outright. What are your thoughts on this game, Arnav? What, what do you expect to happen in this game? Um, 
Actually, I'm not really too sure. I feel like this one can go either way. Is Jared Allen playing, by the way? Because I feel like that might be a that is a factor. good question. Um, and I can't, I can't say for sure. Um, they don't have anybody on their injury report, so it hmm. looks like they Maybe, are. Yeah, because I know he missed the the last playing game against the Nets. It, with, uh, they don't have anybody on the yeah. injury report, so it looks Said like they're maybe, all good to okay. go tonight. The Atlanta Hawks have some guys on their injury report. On their injury report, John Collins and Lou Williams are both out, and Bogdan Bogdanovich is day to day, so I'm not sure if he will be playing tonight for the Hawks. But it does look like the Cavaliers will be at full strength tonight. Um, just to give you a sense of, you know, the line for this game, Atlanta is favored by just two. Hmm. Should be, yeah, it should be a close one. Um, the Hawks had a huge victory against the Hornets the other night, and I guess they'll try to ride that momentum in to this game and get the um, get the W and. Um, then they'll have to match up with the Miami Heat. So, um, but we'll see. I mean, I like I said, I feel like it can go either way. Yeah, I think Hawks by two would probably be about right for the line here. Yeah. So, here's the interesting thing. I I'm if I were to pick this game, and I'm obviously we're obviously past locks of the week here. But if I were to pick this game, you know, I I feel like. On one hand, I would be inclined to go Hawks, right? Because you got Trey Young. He's got the experience in the playoffs. Made the conference finals mm-hmm. last year. You know, he's the bane of existence <laughs> for <laughs> many Knicks, teams yeah. and fan bases out there. Believe Sixers me, too, yeah. as a Knicks fan, I know. But, I don't know. I'm feeling good about the Cavs' chances tonight. I don't think they'll make it past this game. I think they'll probably get swept in the first round, but I think they're going to win tonight. That's just that's just my thought on it. But moving ahead to the actual playoff matchups, first series, first game, we've got the Utah Jazz at the Dallas Mavericks. No Luka Doncic. Oh, that's big yeah. for the Mavericks. I mean, I know he won't be playing in game one. I don't know about the rest of the series. But what does that mean exactly for the Mavericks not having Doncic even for one game? Um, it's a big hit. I mean, he's their, he's their best player. Um, it could go a long way in um, determining, like, who wins the series. Like, if he's out for, like, many more um, of the games, or even if it's just one, like, you never know. That one could be One game can the make one. the difference, So I especially mean, in a seven-game series. I'm hesitant to, like, I was thinking, like, Mavs in, like, six or seven, but, like, without Luka, like, I want to, like, I guess wait to see how this goes before I would, I would like, uh, make an actual pick on it. Obviously, the Jazz have uh, Donovan Mitchell, who is great. Everybody knows about his mm-hmm. heroics for them in the past. But it will be interesting to see what happens. We've also got Minnesota Timberwolves at the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis, really good this year, led by the legendary John Morant, who, in my opinion, should be an MVP candidate this year. He's just had a great season all around, and I I feel like for me personally, he he's my MVP, and I I just don't see t- Memphis losing a game in this series. I think they're probably gonna sweep the the Timberwolves. That's no disrespect to New Jersey's <laughs> own Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. Towns, but I just don't the Timberwolves have what it takes to compete with the best and that's who they got to go up against the very best Mm -hmm. we also have Toronto Raptors at the Philadelphia 76ers 76ers have been good Toronto Raptors have been okay they've been okay I expect Philly to take this first series pretty easily Um, I think Toronto has a chance to steal a game or two in there would you agree? Um, yeah, I think they could. Uh, they can get one or two. But I mean, Sixers with Joel and B, James Harden. Um, I don't think they should have too much trouble getting out the first round. I I agree with that. 
We also have Denver Nuggets at the Golden State Warriors. That'll be happening. The first game of that series will be happening at 8.30 p.m. tomorrow night on ABC. I think the Warriors probably the favorite in the series, but I would be careful with the Denver Nuggets, obviously led by Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. You know, this series could go seven games. Yeah, I mean, it could. Um, is Jamal Murray back from injury yet? Is he back from injury? I'm not sure. I don't see him on the injury report. Huh. Yeah, because um, I haven't really heard his name or seen him on, like, you know, on social. But, but, um, but you know, I could be, I could be wrong. Um, why don't you check on the status of Jamal Murray while I keep going ahead with the other games? Sure, yeah. Uh, then, obviously, Sunday we have the Heat taking on the winner of Hawks-Cavs. We have Nets-Celtics, which should be a good series. I expect that to go seven games. Even if the Nets aren't amazing, I still expect them to take the series to seven games and hopefully beat the Celtics so we don't have to deal with them too much and have to deal with them winning in the 18th championship. Huh. <laughs> that would that would not be fun. Not for me, anyway. Uh, obviously, we have Bulls-Bucks. And then we have the winner of Pelicans and Clippers, Clippers uh, facing off against the Phoenix Suns. To And at that point, I will extend them a congratulations for making the playoffs. You're not winning a single game in this nah. first series. The Suns are the best team in the league. They're not losing nope. a game in the first series. Yeah, well, I um, just check. I think um looks like Jamal Murray's um, um, going to be doubtful for doubtful um, the first round series. So. For this uh, series. Yeah. But doubtful doesn't mean out. Right. So we Never could know. always yeah. get an appearance from Jamal Murray. And I do think if he is able to play in this series at all, Denver's got a really good shot at taking this to seven games and maybe even stealing the series mm. from Golden State. Mm. I don't think it'll happen. And even without him, I think Nikola Jokic could get the get them there on his own. Yeah. He but could. you know, I don't um. think it'll happen, but I think Denver's got a good shot against Golden State. Who's kind of who's kind of uh, fallen flat a little bit? They haven't been super amazing, you know. They they kind of were tearing it up at the beginning of the season, and then kind of fell off a little bit. They tapered off, didn't weren't really matching their early season production. They're still a really good team, obviously, but they're not, you know, the the team they were at the start of the year. <laughs> but um. So that that covers every NBA game and series that will be happening today and this weekend. So I've already given you my opinions on which which ones are are like going to be the most exciting to look at. What about you, Arnov? You already pointed out Net Celtics. Are any other game series that you're excited to watch? Um, yeah, we're just talking about like um, the Nuggets Warriors. Uh, I mean the Warriors. Like I believe Steph Curry's gonna be back soon. Um, you know, with the Splash Brothers, Draymond Green. I mean, I think they can make a run. I, and I mean, I don't, I don't think they're gonna get past the Suns, but or the, maybe even the Grizzlies. But I think they could at least maybe make it to like the second round, probably the conference finals, maybe. Um, also like um, Timberwolves Grizzlies. I'm excited for that one because. I actually do think that the Timberwolves could maybe win a game or do just based on like their energy and um, their excitement. And it's kind of funny because the you, Grizzlies you, are you like... Fall, you uh, believing in the Pat Beverly hype? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was crazy how they celebrated that. But I mean, it's like the Grizzlies are kind of like that too. They also have that energy with John Morant. They're just the more experienced, better team. But I believe that the T-Wolves could take a game at home. So I mean, it should be uh, it I, should be exciting series with Anthony Edwards, John Moran, and all the dunking and you know the shooting. Oh, that should and be an exciting series. I saw something on Twitter that uh, Bud Light tweeted. Oh yeah, know, I saw that. That, I saw that uh, if the Timberwolves win, you know they'll be they'll be sending uh, Pat Beverly Bev lights. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Those are uh, that that was pretty interesting. Um, so I kind of hope they win just so we can see, uh, Pat Bev get real excited again and, you know, maybe down one of those <laughs> after one of the games, yeah. you know, but preferably on their home court. 
Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, you could always do it I mean, on yeah. Memphis's yeah. home yeah. floor. Who knows? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. You always want to celebrate like that on your own home floor. But um, and then kind of a series that most people aren't really looking at as being too exciting, I think, is honestly, let me go back here for a second. I think uh, Jazz Mavericks will probably be a good series. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't think that's being talked about enough. I feel like both teams are kind of being slept on a little bit. Not necessarily in terms of just their chance of winning at all, but just like in terms of how good they actually are, and you know how good this series could be. Because I mean, everybody knows that Doncic is great. Everybody knows Donovan Mitchell's great. Everybody knows these teams are good. But I think everybody's also more wrapped up in you know the Warriors coming back into power, and you know the Suns' greatness, and the just absolute dominance of John Morant and how in the world did the Heat become the one seed? Yeah. But, you know, we, we've got just a tried and true good series on our hands between the Mavericks and the Utah Jazz. And I don't think people are talking about it enough somehow. I mean, this should be a good series, you know, with or without Doncic. I, I think it'll be a good one. So keep an eye out for that one starting at 1 p.m. tomorrow on ESPN. That Their game one is the first of the playoff games starting tomorrow. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, moving away from the NBA right now, their playoffs are about to start, but one league's regular season still has a little ways to go. The NHL, Arnav, do you follow hockey at all? Um. Yeah, I do a bit. I haven't really watched a ton of it, but I'm, I do keep track of like the standings. I, I follow and stuff it like a small bit. I'm I'm a Rangers fan, uh, so obviously I'm I've been pretty pleased with how the yeah, season's Rangers been going. Yeah, Rangers have had a good year. Um, um, the Rangers have been excellent so far this year. Kind of give an update on the hockey standings in the Eastern Conference. Um, six teams have already clinched the playoffs. That are they are the Florida Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes, Toronto Maple Leafs, New York Rangers, Tampa Bay Lightning, trying to win their third straight Stanley Cup title, and and back for more, the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're back, <laughs> yeah, and always dangerous. Over in the Western Conference. <clears throat> Excuse me, the Western Conference, only one team has clinched the playoffs. Colorado Avalanche. Colorado. <laughs> Colorado is the only Western Conference team to clinch the playoffs. I think that's really interesting. I mean, is the Eastern Conference just top-heavy, or is Colorado just so good that they've made the rest of the Western Conference look like fools? <laughs> huh. That's a good question. It's, that is an interesting question. Um... As for the, there are only there are four teams still vying for playoff contention. Only two of them can make it in the Eastern Conference. They are the Washington Capitals, Boston Bruins, New York Islanders, and Columbus Blue Jackets, who never seem to go away. They don't usually win playoff games, but they still tend to get there sometimes. So you know, I'm personally hoping the New York Islanders can make it back. Um, you know, disappointing end to their last couple of mm. seasons. They had some really good yeah. runs. I'll have to hope for the best, I guess, about that. But, uh, yeah, right now it's looking like it'll be Boston and Washington. But, uh, in the uh, Western Conference, still wide open. Calgary currently in place as the would-be two-seed. Minnesota, then up next, then St. Louis, Edmonton, Nashville, and Dallas with the Kings, Golden Knights, Canucks, and Winnipeg Jets on the outside looking in. And, of course, we got to shout out the teams who aren't going going to be participating in the playoffs this year. The From both conferences, the Detroit Red Wings, Buffalo Sabres, Ottawa Senators, New Jersey Devils, sorry guys, uh-huh. Philadelphia Flyers, not not so sorry. Uh, <laughs> Montreal Canadiens, definitely not sorry. 
uh, Anaheim Ducks, San Jose Sharks, Chicago Blackhawks, Seattle Kraken in their first season, and the oh-so-pitiful Arizona Coyotes. Are they moving? Uh, I've heard talk that they yeah, might be moving. Yeah, I've heard they, that's been like a rumor for like years, but they're yeah, still there that, for That now. has been the rumor for a little while, and obviously right now being the worst team yeah. in all of the NHL is pretty good reason for them to want to relocate their fans, not really enjoying the team mm. or the product they've been putting out and, you know. That, that's a move to look out for uh, at some point. You know, wh- what happened with the Coyotes in terms of their stay in Arizona, whether it will continue or whether they're going to be at the door. By kind of going over the more current stuff, what's going to actually be happening. Speaking of the Montreal Canadiens, who absolutely nobody outside of Montreal feels bad for... <laughs> They will be playing the New York Islanders tonight who are fighting for their playoff lives. And I think this should be a good game. You know, I mean, I, 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 for some reason, I just get the sense this will be a good game. You know, the Islanders got to prove themselves. And this is a game they absolutely should win, right? I mean, you're playing the bottom team in your conference. But it's one of those trap games, isn't it? One yeah. of those times where you go in against a team you absolutely should beat and doesn't necessarily go your way. I think that could happen. And then we have the Winnipeg Jets at the Florida Panthers. Panthers, best team in the Eastern Conference at the moment, and the Jets still trying to get in to the playoffs. So, you know, I think that should also be a good game. I think Florida will probably take that one. And I think the Islanders probably beat the Canadiens, even if only by a goal or two. Uh, but, yeah, so that that kind of wraps up NHL talk right now. Obviously, there's a bunch of games going on tomorrow and on Sunday. That is to say, Easter Sunday. So, I want to wish a happy Easter and also a happy Good Friday to any who celebrate it. Um, I know that is a big deal to a lot of people. I personally don't celebrate it, but to anyone who does, I wish you an excellent weekend. Um, That should take us to our next break. When we come back, how about we go, how about we do some draft talk? We did that a little bit on Wednesday. I think we should do it again. I want to get your thoughts, Arnav, on the upcoming draft that will be taking place in a week, a week from... No, two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Two Sorry. Weeks I'm getting all the days mis- mixed <laughs> up in my head today. Two weeks from tomorrow night, the NFL draft will Ooh, begin. Excited. So just after this break, stay tuned. We will be talking about that. You're listening to WRSU-FM New Brunswick or online at WRSU.org. Welcome back to the Friday crew here on WRSU-FM New Brunswick. You are... I am Jake Maestel here with our new guy shadowing for today, Arnov, and we are going to talk some NFL draft happening two weeks from yesterday. That will be when round one starts. I know, Arnov, you said you're more of an NFL guy. So what are your thoughts on the NFL draft? I haven't really been able I haven't been able to ask you this yet, but who are your top 5 players going in this draft that you think are going to get picked? Um, well, I think um Ian Hutchinson certainly one of them. Um Kayvon Thibodeau, um got um Evan Neal, Trayvon Walker, um um Ahmad Sauce Gardner. I think those are probably I guess my top five, close to the top of the, of, of the I, mock draft leaderboards and that kind of I stuff. I think we can all agree that this year's draft is going to be a great one in the trenches, you know, both on the offensive and defensive lines. It's just going to be a really good draft for that, you know. So any teams that are having O-line or D-line issues, you should really be taking good notes you know, scatting your players and trying to get good players in this draft because this is this is the draft for you. I'm looking at you, New York Giants. Mm-hmm. 
Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. I don't want to dunk on the Bengals too much. I know they made some improvements to their offensive line in free agency. But obviously, you can always do more. It never hurts to have depth. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm really liking Kayvon Thibodeau as my top defensive lineman coming out of this draft. I know he's not everybody's. I know Aiden Hutchinson is being hyped up as the top guy, but I really like Thibodeau as my number one personally. I'm hoping he's the guy that falls to the number five overall pick uh, for the New York Giants oh yeah. personally. Um, but I would also obviously like to see the Giants take an offensive lineman, Evan Neal or Tyler Lindenbaum. Mm-hmm. I hope I said that name right. Uh, who, you know, both of them great offensive linemen, sure to be really good in the NFL. I, I, the, with two top 10 picks, I don't think the Giants could go wrong. You could go two offensive linemen. You could go one offensive lineman, one defensive lineman. I think the Giants kind of need both. Get that premier pass rusher. Get that premier offensive lineman, you know, your guard, your tackle, whichever one, and uh, just really shore up both lines for the future. Obviously, the Giants already have Andrew Thomas at left tackle. He's been really good when he's healthy. And, you know, obviously the Giants have a decent D-line. They've got Dexter Lawrence and... Leonard Williams, but not really as good as it probably should be. I think they can definitely do better. Get a guy who's going to be a dominant force rushing the passer, you know, to go along with the nice young second-year player Aziz Ojolari, who had a really good year last year. Um, so, Arnav, who's your favorite football team? Um, I'm a huge Giants fan, actually. So, oh, yeah. you're a Giants fan. Well, I know we also have a lot of Jets fans here as well, and I'm not, I'm I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm not entirely sure what the Jets are going to be looking to do in this draft. I don't really follow them closely enough to to know all of their needs, but I do I do know that they probably want to focus on the offensive line and or the defensive line. So they might be looking at a lot of the same players as the Giants. Yeah. Now, of course. Jets are also generally in need of, like, you know, better defense all around. I don't think they really need too many guys in the receiving core right now, at least not in the first round. But, like, I I would say for the Jets, they should probably target someone on the offensive line. From what I understand, the Mackay Becton project has not gone as expected for them. Yeah, that's that's kind of my understanding of that too. Um, I I'm sure our Jets fans here at WRSU would be able to give you a better insight on that, but I I kind of want to go over to uh, I'm gonna pull. Well, Arnav, could you pull up the uh, draft order for me real sure, quick? Thanks. I'll also pull it up, but I also just want to go over, you know, like some of the other teams and their needs. I know a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles and what they might be interested in doing in this draft. I obviously, obviously the Eagles always a uh, potential wide receiver for them in the first round. They like doing that, especially since they've had a wide receiver problem that they still (laughs) haven't solved even after all this time. You know, obviously, Devontae Smith, a good player. Jalen Rager, uh, not so much. But, you know, so they might be interested in getting a guy like Chris Olave, who's obviously really good and is really fast. The Eagles could also potentially be looking to shore up their secondary again. You know, or maybe maybe get someone else. On the defensive line, and I know Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham are kind of getting up there in years. They do have Derek Barnett, but he can't get it done all alone. So, you know, the Eagles definitely in need of some players there. Looking at the Jets, they have the number 10 pick in this draft, which they got from the Seattle Seahawks. They also have the number 4 pick in this draft, just ahead of the Giants. So... That's 
going to be interesting to see what happens. The Jets will most likely get a chance to pick whoever the Giants might want before oh, they actually be get them, yeah. um, which would be the second draft in a row <laughs> where oh that would happen because the Eagles jumped ahead of the Giants last year to get Devontae Smith, yeah. who the Giants apparently wanted. Why? I still have no idea, but, you know. I'm also looking at the Carolina Panthers here at 6, and I've heard rumors that they're interested in getting Malik Willis. What are your thoughts on that, Arnov? Um, yeah, I've heard I've heard the same rumors. I, I think that's um, pretty interesting. That would probably be a good pick for them. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a good... Ch- I, I think it's pretty likely chance that he falls to them at 6. I just don't know if he's a sixth, a sixth round not a sixth round pick, a sixth overall pick. Um, I mean, he's definitely a very boomer bust prospect, which, I mean, if he's really good, then he's going to be really, really good for them. But I just don't know. That might be a reach. Malik Willis at six. If that's where, excuse me, if that's where the Panthers do actually intend to go at the number six overall pick. Then, of course, you've got the Atlanta Falcons, who might also be thinking quarterback at number eight. You've, of course, got the Seattle Seahawks, who might be looking into a quarterback, although I've heard that Baker Mayfield is interested in going to the Seahawks right now. Huh, yeah, um, I, I heard that too, though. That'd yeah, be really he was on a podcast recently talking about you know, his relationship with Cleveland and where he might want to end up next. Um, which, I mean, makes sense. You know, his relationship with the Cleveland Browns, not great right now after they uh, brought in Deshaun Watson, you know, to be their guy. But Baker Mayfield looking to go somewhere else, Seattle could be a good place for him. Um I think that could be a good fit for him, a better fit than Cleveland. And, uh, you know, with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett up there, he's already, he would already have two really good receivers. Just a matter of are the Seahawks willing to take a chance on him or would they rather get a nice young quarterback of their own that they can who they can just, like, mold? Or are they set with trying to uh, work with the tandem of Drew Locke and Geno Smith? Huh. I think the answer is pretty obvious. Not that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've also got, let's see here, the Houston Texans obviously have the number three overall pick. They've had a lot go wrong for them over the past several seasons. Could be looking to go quarterback. I think probably not. They'll probably look more to shore up the defensive line. Obviously, in recent years, they've lost both J.J. Watt and Jadevian Clowney, as well as just generally, you know, they lost guys like Whitney Merciless and Bernardrick McKinney from that linebacking core. So they're just really thinned out on defense right now. So they they probably want to go with like an Aiden Hutchinson or a Kayvon Thibodeau at number three. Obviously, you have the Lions at two, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars at one. The Jaguars, who seem to be just a little bit directionless these days, we don't know exactly what they're going to be doing at the number one overall pick. But it will be interesting to see what happens. What What do you think is going to happen one, two, three? I know you gave me your top five players, but do you have any kind of inclination as to what the Jacksonville Jaguars might be thinking about doing? Um, Actually, I don't really know. Maybe some, probably something like... Maybe like they can get like a either offensive or defensive lineman. I'm not really sure exactly what their needs are, um, but I know they have their quarterback for the future, Trevor Lawrence. Um, so they're not gonna be looking at a quarterback, certainly not in the first round. But yeah, I mean, they'll seems like both sides of the line have like some of the best prospects in the draft. So I would think, um, on some um either offense or, or probably the defensive lineman if it was the first pick, but like. Defensive lineman would be good for them. Get a guy to compliment Josh Allen. But then the question becomes, are you making a big sacrifice by not getting a really good guy to protect Trevor Lawrence, who is supposed to be your franchise quarterback? 
and you don't want him to turn mm. out to be a bust, right? I mean, yeah, you know, Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. You know, you want to make sure that guy stays safe. I feel like they should go offensive lineman, you know, Evan Neal or Linderbaum at, at, at one, but it'll we'll see what the Jaguars plan to do. I feel like the Lions are going to go with a defensive lineman yeah. at the number two pick. It feels pretty set for them to go with a pass rusher there, which I think would be the right move. I mean, they haven't really had a star pass rusher in a long mm-hmm. time. I haven't really had a key defensive lineman since Nadamakan Sue was there, since Ezekiel Ansah was there. They've got some good pieces on defense, but you know they just need to get a a, a flashy star. You know, yeah. on that defensive line, great pass rusher, just to kind of put them back on the map defensively and kind of get the ball rolling. I mean, we saw that happen with the Cleveland Browns. They drafted Miles Garrett number one overall in 2017, a draft that a draft the first round that I attended. Um, you know, they they drafted Miles Garrett number one overall, and he has done wonders for that team. So you know, I think that's what the Lions should do. They tried to get a good defensive guy at number three overall pick uh, a couple of years ago, drafting Jeff Okuda. Hasn't really worked out. Mm. So let's let's hope that you know either Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau or whoever they want to pick at number two works out for them. And let's hope they go defensive line because I think they really need it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be an interesting. An interesting draft, and not just at the top of the first round. I mean, we've got the Green Bay Packers with the number 22 overall pick that they are getting from the Las Vegas Raiders for, you know, obviously in the Devontae Adams deal. Could they potentially use that pick to get a wide receiver? You know, get a guy to replace Devontae Adams? I mean, what are they doing here? Because Green Bay... You know, they have a lot of holes to suddenly refill. Yeah, agreed, certainly. I mean, they certainly could use a pick on a receiver, especially now that um, Devontae Adams is gone. I know they just, they signed on Sammy Watkins, but like, um, yeah, maybe. But yeah, I mean, the Green Bay Packers, a lot to to work on for them in the draft. Uh, We've got the New Orleans Saints, who might be interested in taking a quarterback Mm. in the first round. I mean, I personally don't think they should. I've always been a big fan of Jameis Winston, but I know a lot of people uh-huh. think the Saints should take a quarterback. Then, of course, you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers later in the first round. I don't think they have any glaring needs, but, you know, could it be time to think about a, uh, you know getting a young quarterback? Find Tom Brady. I mean, the Patriots waited until a, until after a year had passed since he left to get their quarterback of the future, and it seems to have worked out for them, at least for the moment. But Buccaneers, their only real solution, if Tom Brady decides to retire again and not fake us out this time, <laughs> their only real solution seems to be Blaine Gabbert, Uh-oh. who, you know, I mean, as, as, as cool as Blaine Gabbert is, he is not a starting caliber quarterback in this league. Good backup, not a starting caliber guy. So, you know, if Kenny Pickett falls to number 27, do you think the Bucks take him? Um, Yeah, I, I think so. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't think he's going to fall quite that far. He might, but, like, um, I mean, I heard, like, some maybe, like, the Saints or the Steelers might be taking him. But Yeah, I, I, mean. I, I think I agree with the Steelers pick. I think uh, he it's a very good chance of going to 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, they've gotten plenty of chances to take a look at Kenny Pickett's game. Right. You know, with him playing at the University of Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a good match. You know, they, they drafted James Conner a few years ago, and that was a match that worked out pretty well for the Steelers until he decided to leave and go to Arizona, which looks like it's worked out so far for him. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where both Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis go. Probably both going to be first-round picks. 
Not sure if there will be any other quarterbacks going in the first round. Just to kind of round out the uh, other picks going on around the league, the Detroit Lions will also have the very last pick in the first round because that is the first round pick they got from the LA Rams in the deal that they made to get their Super Bowl winning quarterback, Matthew Stafford. So it'll be interesting to see how the Lions choose to bookend the first round of the NFL draft. But that looks like it's going to do it for us today. We do not have any more time for our shortened crew. So we we are going to say so long and good night on WRSU The Crew. You've been listening to 88.7 WRSU FM New Brunswick or online at WRSU.org. Stay tuned for more further programming.